0: Morning, everyone. If you would please stand and sing with us. It's your
1: breath that's filling our lungs, and through our veins, it's your blood that runs. It's your life that makes us alive the body of Christ So let our hearts beat With your heart be Great things you have done Greater things are yet to come Fill us with your glory We are your body Take our hands, take, take our, our hearts, hearts We surrender All we are Fill us with your glory We are your body It's your love that's making us one, one that moves as your kingdom comes, Jesus. Let your light make us shine, shine like the body of Christ. So let our hearts meet with your heartbeat. Great things you have. your glory we are your body take our hands take our hearts we surrender all we are filled with your glory we are your body Let Father, let Your will be done through us. Let Your kingdom come. Father, let Your will be done through us. Let your body take our hands take our hearts we surrender all we are filled with your glory we are your body great things you have done greater things are yet to come Fill us with your glory we are your body take our hands take our hearts we surrender all we are filled with your glory we are your body filled with your glory we are your body let us pray dear heavenly father thank you so much for all the great things that you have done for us and thank you for the even greater things that you have promised that are yet to come Thank you for giving us the opportunity to gather together this morning to worship you. Please be with us as we hear your words and help us to keep our minds open and our hearts open to receive your message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, Oh my soul. big like Reach your neighbor.
0: Good morning. Good to see y'all this morning. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the pastor here. I'm so grateful y'all have joined us in worship. You know who else has joined us in worship today? Thomas Owens is here today. Just kidding. That's a pretty big deal, Thomas is here. But his son, Sonny Owens, is here. And Caitlin is here. The family is here. Welcome back to uh, um, the worship. Glad to have them, um, and they get a good bit more rest. Um, Before she comes back, I want to thank Charlie uh, for leading the way um, as they build their family. Um, We've got um, announcements now in every phase. Uh, We're trying to go as much as possible to image-based announcements with less words. I'm I'm thinking that is a benefit. You're not going to see near as much detail, but you'll see who to contact if you're interested in doing so. Um, And all of these slides have changed to uh, a lot more image-based as well. And there's really no simulating this time of the day. And so we're going to figure out today if we like these. And if you have feedback of being able to see them, anything like that, um, we hope that you'll let us know. Um, In the email, it will be the same in the bulletin. If you open your bulletin today, you'll see the ice cream announcement is an image-based announcement. We're going to try as much as possible to get here. Um, with all the things that we do. And if you have any more questions about whatever topic it is, you'll know who to contact about it. Let's talk about passionate worship. Let's look at the next picture. This is Zachary Sean Jones. He'll be baptized in the 11 o'clock service. And whenever we do that, we give you an opportunity in the bulletin to write a note to the family. You think, look, I don't know about that weight of writing something to a family about baptism. Just write something friendly. Um, take it out. Um, you can give it to Leanna, you can give it to me. you can give it to anyone. you can leave it on the back table, um, and we will make sure that the family gets it. Um, also the prayer list. I'm going to say this for weeks until um, we get it right. The prayer list is printed every week in your Sunday school class and in the um, table coming in this worship space it 's on the back table in the sanctuary it 's also in a hyperlink on your email. you can find it anywhere, print or digital. You can also submit it anywhere print or digital. If you have a prayer concern that you would like to write down, if you'd like an usher to bring you a card, um, they'll bring it right now if you raise your hand. If not, there are cards in the back and every email has a chance uh, to submit a prayer concern and who you would like to know. Um, Erin Knight is traveling this week so if you have any questions about her areas if you'll please let us know. And in terms of risk taking mission and service, turn to that section in your bulletin and you will see one that is not an image-based announcement. It's a big, long word and uh, uh, paragraph, and you will see what we're trying to do. I I don't know if if you've noticed there are times when we have multiple things that we're asking for. Sometimes it's the same thing that we're asking for for multiple groups. Sometimes it's three things we're asking for, and you go, man, I didn't realize we were doing all this until we come in the door. The mission and service team is going to survey every single entity in our church and make sure that we know um, what we ask, what we ask for, when we ask for it, and what type, so that we can organize that, make sure we're thoughtful about it, see where we're missing areas in local, regional, or or, um, national ministries, and um, that'll take us a little time into the fall, but then we're gonna be a whole lot um, better at that. So if you hear from one of them, they want to ask you a question, please get back to them um, so they can help track down that information. Let's pray together. Gracious and loving God, it takes a great deal to get here. A great deal of effort to set the things that we're doing aside, to commit to getting in the car, coming here, to get everything settled, to get in our spot. And sometimes it takes a little while to settle in. We ask that you calm us right now, Lord. Prepare us to hear your word in every way. Help us as we read of a church who's trying to create their identity at the very beginning to see elements, aspects of the human condition and to see aspects of your unconditional love. Help us, Lord, to reflect on both aspects in our life so that we can lead this space ready, energized, and formed to go and serve you in this community. Inspire us, Lord, as we pray the prayer your your son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's talk about our opening image today. Distance. Whatever Distance causes you to do is a great deal of effort, whether it's to go see relatives, whether it's to go see in laws, whether it's to ship something significant to another person. Distance can give you real problems. Even though we have technology that's come along that's helped us a great deal, there are times when uh, it's just tough to work out. Um, When I was at the Citadel and Katie was at the University of Tennessee, I had phone cards and I would have to find a pay phone and the pay phone would have to work and I'd have to remember my card and the card would have to have minutes on it maybe it had 60 minutes on it and if we talked you know one time that week we might use up 40 and go the next one you might run out of time. That was a serious hassle and it never got better you know junior year I had a little bit more freedom um, but if I ever wanted to see her I had to drive to Knoxville, Tennessee from Charleston, South Carolina it was a hassle. Let's talk about, let me show you an image This is a rendering of the arrival of the transatlantic cable. This is 150 years ago in a couple days, on August 18th. From 10 days it would take to send a message. 10 days to about 20 minutes. The change when the transatlantic cable came across from those two continents to reach one another. You ever texting somebody and you see that they're texting you back? You, you see that gray and you're like, hey, I, I haven't even said what I'm saying yet. Why are you writing back? Can you imagine a 10-day lag? How about a 10-day lag in the Revolutionary War? How's it going? 10 days. Then when they send it, 10 more days has happened since they send anything. And then you assess what they sent 10 days ago, and you go, well, maybe you ought to do this. It goes from 10 days down to about 20 minutes. Now, Paul established these churches in person. In many cases, he went from town to town. He would go to the synagogue first. He would speak to those religious leaders. But then he'd have to move on to another place. You think about all the things that I've communicated to you in just over three years. Some things take two weeks, some, te- some things take two months, some things I'm still talking about, and I'm here. I'm live and in person. What if I were writing you a letter? In order to encourage you to do a thing, it would be a serious challenge. And so with him gone and writing letters, and these churches left to themselves as to what they're going to do, we're going to ask ourselves, what's going to happen now? 1 Corinthians 1, chapter 1, verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household, have informed me that there are quarrels among you, what I mean is, one of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. So, your next word division. Now, I've had um, 40 people in my church, 400, 40 again, 150, 1,000, 300. How many of those instances do you think there was division? A lot. That might be short term. Might be long term. It might be over the creation of a service. It might be about a time. It might be about their efforts and what they're going to do in ministry. These are not new issues. This church that he's writing to is thinking about their worship style and worship location. Does that sound familiar? How many of you were around when this service was created and saw what it took to get this off the ground and then to get it going and then to sustain it? That is a serious effort. I started one uh, three churches back where I didn't know the principle of like, you've got to be able to repeat what you did on day one. Like the pilot episode of whatever you do, you've worked on for 18 months. There's another one coming next week. We had this thing, this snake that goes all the way back just along the edge. It was in a sanctuary and it went under the pews. You had to to get down under each pew and run it under each pew. I'd rather run a transatlantic cable in 1858 than do that every week. How we're going to worship, where we're going to worship, what we're going to do. This is not a new issue. It's what they were doing a particular emphasis of Scripture. You know how hard that would be? See, churches make choices. Sunday school classes make choices. Pastors make choices if they don't have a system in place where they emphasize particular texts. And not only do these people have the text, the ancient text, they have this letter from the person who was confronted by Jesus and told to do this thing. So... What happens if the scripture contradicts with the letter? Like, which way are we supposed to go with this? And they're making those choices. They're connections to the ancients. Should we follow Jewish law? I mean, that's our heritage. It's where a lot of us are from. There's, those laws and those practices made a whole lot of sense, but should we bring them here? And See, when you start a new church, when they have what's called a mother-daughter rather than just a community out of nothing. That group goes from this church to that church to start a new church and they think, should we do what we do back there? Because it's successful. Or should we make new choices here? That is not a new debate. These people are wondering about that as well. How about inclusion? You know, these guys weren't with us before. These people are not from our town. These people are passing through and they think we're mildly interesting. Should we include them? So they think to themselves, look, I can only understand so much. I can only comprehend so much. I got to just pick a person and stick with it. I think that's why you have those I follow Apollos, I follow Cephas, I follow Paul, whatever it is. They just see, all right, I need a tangible person right in front of me telling me what to do. And you know what happens when you pick, when you make a choice? Mm, Somebody's got to be wrong. I don't think it's me. Somebody's got to be wrong, and it definitely is not me, so you are wrong. So I'm going to go with this person that looks or sounds or acts like me. This is what he's trying to combat. Verse 13 says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius, so no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross be emptied, of its power. Now that is a fascinating phrase look I'm not here trying to be the smartest one in the room I'm not here trying to be the most eloquent I'm here telling you that a death instrument an instrument of death and total shame is the thing that we're all buying into today wouldn't that be a strange thing to hear the one that you follow was tried, convicted, and crucified. That's your next word. Crucifixion. This is a unique experience for the Savior in regards to this particular topic. Now, future church leaders definitely will be. They'll be crucified. Some of them crucified upside down. It continued to be an instrument of shame and execution intended to squash this movement. But these people have walked along, the disciples, with Jesus for two years, direct access, being able to ask him anything that they wanted, being able to witness him feed people, heal people, teach people. They were with him on the water, on the path, they were with him in the city, they were with him in the country. They were with religious folks and non religious folks. But then he was tried, he was crucified, he was raised. now he's gone. He's gone. The leadership has to pick it up now. Now he was fully human. He's fully divine. He walks that line that not one of us has ever walked or will ever walk. He was a unique leader with a unique skill set and now he is gone. Who's remaining? Human leadership. Human leadership is remaining. High school football teams are getting together this year. They had dominant players last year. They were seniors. They're gone. Can juniors who are now seniors step up? We have no idea. No idea until we are out there. When that leadership changes over, it is concerning. And when it changes over, we start to look around and say, who's going to take this? Who's going to be in charge? Who's going to lead us when it's truly difficult? And Paul is telling these people, it's Christ that you need to remember. Verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So let's think about that word, salvation. The path that Jesus has talked about has often sounded like foolishness. Jesus' family came and saw him early in his ministry. They were outside a house and they said, Hey, can you have him come out? His family's out here. If you've ever had anyone in your family that you felt was getting sideways and you tried to gather enough people up to go and talk to that person to bring them back, you know a percentage of what they were doing. They said, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's saying. I don't know where he's going. We've got to stop him. You know what Jesus said to the people who came and told him that? This is my family now. These people that are following me, that must have been a hard thing to hear and it would have sounded like complete foolishness. Mary and Martha, much deeper into his ministry, knew that he had incredible power and their brother was dying. They said, hey, if you can get here, you can help. He didn't fly there. He did not race there. He did not get there in time. And they met him out before the house and they said, what are you thinking? You could have come out here, you could have healed him before he died and fixed it for us. Why didn't you come and fix it? We're deep, dedicated people. Why didn't you give us what we wanted? It's foolishness. The Corinthians. They're like, this guy isn't even here. We're supposed to follow a guy that isn't even here? In fact, the guy he sent to tell us about him, he isn't even here. No one connected to this ministry on a really high level is here. They're just writing us letters. That is foolishness. And I'm sure there are times when you gathered in worship, you've heard a text, it's been about sacrifice, it's been about abundance, it's been about some subject or another, and you think, I don't know, man, that sounds kind of goofy. Like, I like the other stuff, but no, that's ridiculous. But the ultimate image of that would be the crucifixion. Foolishness that any leader who did that would be significant to me. Until you get it. Until you get that it's not about clamoring, It's not about power. It's not about hoarding. If you looked at any of those three words and you applied them to any text in which people were doing something awful in the Bible, Old Testament or new, whether they're clamoring, whether they're uh, reaching for power, whether they're hoarding, they're doing something for their own gain something for their own purpose now it may be beyond them it may be for their family and if so you can get that you're willing to do just about anything for your family right but there are plenty of times when they turn on their own family they are clamoring they are reaching for power they are hoarding and if you want to do any one of those three things or you want the sampler plan you want to do two or mercy you want to do all three then this message makes no sense to you. This message of sacrifice. But the message makes total sense once you get it. And that's what he's trying to convey to them. So the final question is expansion. You're going to expand one thing or the other. You have no choice. You as a Christian in this church in your family in your workplace in your neighborhood with your friends with your enemies whomever you will expand one of these two things discouragement same problems because you can look at that letter and you can say to yourselves my mercy the things we're struggling with today they were struggling with on that day In that very first church, those people were having the same problems that we're having today. What's the point of this? What are we doing? And you can clamor, you can reach for power, you can hoard. And you will increase that human tendency that was there that day, that was there in Jesus' day, that was there when uh, Cain and Abel were fighting it out. Or you can do the other thing. You can be encouraging You know, that human tendency started that day and continues today. But the letter was also read that day and is read today. You can read this letter, you can know in your heart that I'm going to look through the lens of the sacrificial love of God and the things that I say and do will be through that lens. And you will be a person on that side of the story. Now, I'm not one to think you make a choice today and then you're done. You know, I'm going to be encouraging. I think I'm done here. I will always talk about the sacrificial love of Christ. This is never going to be a struggle again because this makes total sense to me. I also don't think people who are not here today, for whatever reason, are stuck in the discouraging way. The clamoring, power-hungry, hoarding way. It's a decision that you make on a constant basis. In fact, I'm thinking there are instances in your day when you are generous with one person, and then you get around another person, and you start hoarding. And it may be the person who is most deeply connected to you in your relationship, and that's why. You see them all the time. You get tired of the words they say, the food they eat, the TV they watch the time they get up, the time they go to bed. So you're generous with some people and you come home and you're hostile. Or you're generous with um, workplace people but not church people. Or you're generous with church people and not workplace people. Whatever it is, we've got struggles. And you are expanding one thing or the other. What's your choice? What are you going to do? How often are you aware of it? How often are you asking yourself the question? Because Paul says it's not about any one of these leaders. It's about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, whose sacrificial love set the tone for us entirely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand as you're able and join us for the affirmation. The modern affirmation is the way we affirm our faith in this service. And you're welcome to read along with us. You're welcome to simply listen. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works and whose will is directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. It's now time for our offering. And you can give, as the plate goes by, you can give electronically with instructions in the bulletin. And if you're a visitor, if you're a guest in our service, it's not our expectation that you give. You can rely on the generosity of our people.
1: the side and you make it beautiful you make it you You make it beautiful, beautiful, You make it beautiful, beautiful, Lord. You make it beautiful, beautiful. It beautiful, beautiful. Please stand and sing this last one with us. Thank you. it's all you need and all the people said amen Man
0: sure and tell your Sunday school classes about the prayer list and about the mission and service team's efforts to confine to learn about every single thing that we do. Go forth in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all.
1: And all the people said amen. Whoa. city man have a great week